So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames The Godfather's one and two But not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones. Joining me, of course, is the head Bon Vivant. Mr. Keith Inlow. Hello, everybody. Gosh, it seems like a long time you know, since we were here. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. It was like, and it really wasn't that long ago that we recorded a show, but it's been a long time since it's just been the two of us. Yep. And uh, Bon Vivants, we like to do these. We call them yours truly. Every once in a while, we sneak one in because Brad and I like to just catch up on stuff. And that's really, you know, you think about it, that's the impetus of the whole program was just you and me babbling with each other <laughs> bsing babbling be the being the uh optimum word turn, or, that's, yeah, that's right. exactly right that's so. right but we've built up some babble we do we have a lot of babbling we've got to a do. lot of babbling do we hope you enjoy our babbling in a brook i hope we <laughs> i hope that uh some of our babbling inspires you to do something i'm not sure what but well some, some of the you know some of the yeah. podcasts i listen to as i travel that's all they do they just babble I think our if I it, think our show is much more informative and entertaining than a lot of the crap. That for I for some to. of them, if it weren't for rabbit holes, there'd be no show. <laughs> well, we're guilty as charged well, there too. I, I, I'm not throwing I'm not you know, throwing rocks. At rabbit that. hole isn't just a good bourbon, you know. That's right. Well, before we get started, <laughs> yes, I know we sort of had a plan, but I've got to tell all of our Bon Vivants how proud I am of the head Bon Vivant because he just rapped. On Golden Pond, uh, Norman uh, Thayer. Nobody does Mr. Grumpy Pants better than the uh, Keith and Lou. It was a gr- it was a truly great performance, and I'm I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass like oh, I usually it. do. Stop it! Tell me more, though. <laughs> but on the other hand, <laughs> it was a great. Uh, it was a labor of love. That is a bucket list role for me. Still, probably I'm I'm still younger than the character itself, but you know, uh, uh, my professor from college, a mentor of mine who played it also about the same age I am now, he told me he said, you know, if you wait until an actor is the the correct age to play that, they can't remember the lines anymore. <laughs> well, I've been Roosevelt twice, so I, I, yeah, I know. I feel like I got maybe one more in me, yeah, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, but, it was, but thank, you very, thank you very much. It was fun, and uh, I, I think it was a successful run. So we had a lot of fun with it. But I know it was really meaningful for you, as we had actually one of our guests came back to see you, the Beth Leonard. Yes, well, yeah, Beth Leonard, who was a. a College instructor in the theater department. And another one of your instructors and came my, back. Yeah, my, probably my primary mentor, uh, Dr. Ed C was, uh, uh, came, came back. Yeah, I think a little crew from the University of Central Missouri, uh, came back to see the show. I was very honored by that, very proud of that. So, and pleased to have them and nervous beyond belief. I told them, I, I was, told them both, it's been a long time since I've been graded. Be gentle. <laughs> Yeah, so. I was going to ask you if it would have been just you to just assume them not knowing, not knowing they were out there, or finding out afterwards. Well, it was you know when you hold someone in such high esteem, you want to do your best, and so I have to say I was more nervous that night than usual. I always have enough nerves to be uh, beneficial, you know. Yeah. Anybody who isn't nervous before something like a little bit of nerves, I worry about them. You know, you're too cocky if you don't have a little bit of anxiety. But well, it keeps it gets the juice gets the juice flowing. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, you bet. You bet. But uh, no, they were very complimentary, and I I think we had a good show that night. So I felt good about it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, but thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I thought you were when you started out down this rabbit hole. I thought you were going to talk about. Because we haven't recorded an episode since this happened, the big news around our part of the country is Super Bowl 57 and the Chiefs' victory. We are, you know, we're Missouri boys, so we're Kansas City Chiefs fans. Yeah, you know what? We're unapologetic about our part of the Chiefs' kingdom. So we are part of Chiefs. In fact, I actually wore my Chiefs sweatshirt. You are. You're all modeled up and good. You're ready to go. But uh, great game! What a game! It was a game. I mean, just from if you're just a 
football fan, yeah. you, you had to had to love it. I would always rather see a good Super Bowl than a blowout. I mean, no matter who you're rooting for, and that one could have gone either way. Because then you got to sit and listen to the commentators bullshit about this, that, and the other thing for like another yeah. a quarter. Yeah, they're making quarters. up stuff, trying to keep you in, involved. <laughs> hey, try to keep but them, wait. Try to keep them involved. They're down by three scores, but they could come back. Yeah. Yeah, if, you've hear, if you hear that once, you hear that about 18 times, and you're like, well, or not. Well, a couple of friends and I from college were on a texting stream during the game. And about the, you know, three quarters of the way through the second quarter, one of them says, I'm getting really worried. This is looking really bad. And I was like, have you watched this team at all this year? Don't give, don't ever give up on these guys. Especially the second half. Yeah. Especially the second half. And I said, Andy Reid is probably the best at making halftime adjustments of any coach in the league. And they did. And he did. And, you know, they had a couple of breaks and, you know, I looked at that pass interference call and if I was an Eagles fan, I'd probably be really upset. But the fact that the guy admitted it to the press that he did it and it was the correct call kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of that argument. Um, do you call it then or not? I don't know. It's a rule. Why Why would you not call it? You know, that's why it's in You're the, the rule book. You're supposed to call it regardless of yeah. what time it comes in the game. Yeah. Now, granted, some calls uh, are yeah. less or more timely than others. I, I don't think, and I think I've even heard Eagles players say this, I don't think it made a difference in the outcome of the game eventually. It wasn't the, it wasn't the deciding factor, let's put it that way. So – um, but I get it. I, I probably would be upset too if it was, if I was an Eagles fan. Yep, I would but, too. So sorry, Eagles fans. But sorry, you know what? You, you know guys what? Your team one, played. I think you may be there again next year. Too. I think you. I think you've got a, a a bright future ahead of you, and that is a phenomenal team. And I don't I don't say that lightly because I don't like the Eagles. Yeah, it's not easy for me to say that, but they did have a tremendous team, tem- tremendous game, great game. So it was fun. Congratulations to all, but especially fun. the Chiefs. Uh, I asked my daughter lives in Kansas City, and yeah. I said, "So, Kate, I said, are you going to go down to the parade?" And she said, "Dad, I'm seven and a half months pregnant. Yeah. I'm not going down there and stand around all uh, day long. I can't do it this year." They went last time. I guess it was quite a party, though. My goodness! Oh man, yeah. Yeah. it was a party. It was a party. Well, congratulations, Chiefs, and uh, for a great season, and Eagles for a great season. And if we could have game like that every year, I'd be real happy. Wouldn't that be fun? And how about that halftime show? Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I had. Never mind. (laughs) You know, I know if you're a fan of uh, uh, that genre of music, I I know a lot of people really liked it. I just, I'm not sure I get it. So... I'm an old fogey, I guess. I'm a fogey, too. Yeah. Well, you all know that. If you I guys know. listen to us, you're, we're fogies. That's right. We're fogies. Hey, the other thing, speaking of listeners, yes, I w- we got to once again thank our listeners because yes, we, do. we hit another mark. We hit 11,000 11, downloads the other day, just the and other growing. day, yep. and growing, and we're growing faster than we were. So listen, folks, please download us, recommend us to your friends. Like and share, like, like and, and share. share, like and share, review. like and share. Review the podcast and and give us a review. The other thing that I'd really like to hear is some ideas for three top pick categories. We really would. We would love to. Let's do better in twenty three and yeah. helping us out with those because we're running out of ideas. We're up to sixty, <laughs> up to sixty two shows. You know, it's uh, uh, we can come up with lots of bottles of wine. That isn't an that's issue. not a problem. But scratching your head on the uh, top three picks sometimes. But is, here's is how you do it. You can email us at we like that podcast at gmail.com, all one word, we like that podcast. Or you can communicate with us through the website, we like that podcast.com. Facebook page, you can make comments, messages at we like that podcast. So multiple ways to get on Instagram. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. We're and, not- and Keith's personal number is 573. <laughs> oh, well, wait, maybe we five, better. 555. <laughs> <laughs> Call anytime. Uh, Twenty four hours. Whenever they were on TV, they'd always say like all the numbers start with five 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 five. Um, what else have we been doing? Been doing some travel. We've been doing some travel, but you know what? I think we need to talk about what we're drinking today. 
Well, you're slipping. Oh, oh my you God. You are slipping. That's usually my job. I know. I know. But you actually have your glass in your hand, so let's I do, do it. I do because it's good. And the show is one bottle, yes. two friends. Let's go with the bottle. What are we drinking today, we Dr. Are, Jones? We are drinking Blood Root. Blood Root. Blood Root. We had this the other night at our wine club, Bar Vino, downtown Jefferson City. Sommelier to the stars, Mr. Matt Green himself. That's right. Talked a little bit about this. And this is kind of a uh, – it's a rosé. It is a rosé of Pinot Noir. It's a yeah, very a rosé of yeah. Pinot Noir from the Sonoma Valley. Yeah. Tell the Bon Vivants why this one – it is a mystery wine of yeah, sorts. It is. It's really um, It's really interesting. The uh, founders of Bloodroot are Kelly and Noah uh, – I don't know if it's Dorrance or Durance – but they are they are actually known from Reeve wines, but they have sort of spearheaded this conglomerate. Is that the right word? But it's an anonymous amalgamation of really some high-class winemakers that are coming together to make some interesting wines. And this Bloodroot is one of their lines. Their address is in Heldsburg. So um, northern part of Sonoma, I think, is where that's located. We we chose this because of the time of year we're coming into. Well, we th- we thought maybe we would head off any really bad, 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 shitty weather that could still be coming for sure. Yeah. But we've had some nice weather, and I know some folks uh, north of us uh, are have really gotten whacked here oh, late, late, yeah. lately. Yeah. So we were, were kind of to avoid that. We were kind of hoping we'd just slide into spring, and maybe the uh, maybe the winter would forget about us. So what do you see in here? This this is a gorgeous rosé, but it's. Not not the kind of rosé color. It's no. a little different color. What, well, what would you say? I mean, I know what I've got in mind, but I don't want to plant a seed. It's kind of a pumpkin-y color. It's almost orange, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's more orangey than it is pinkish. It's more orange than pink. You're exactly right. And so it looks, it looks a little different. But I will tell you, I think it's complex. I think it's got lots going on. It, I think there's some strawberry in there for sure. Yep. Uh, and maybe a couple of other kinds of berries, but I like this. This is a good patio pounder. This will be a great one for the deck when it. I agree. When we get about another twenty degrees, this is great. Uh, but well, you mentioned strawberry, and a lot of people at the tasting commented strawberry. I'm not a huge fan of strawberry flavor, and I I can pick up hints of that on the nose. But I get some pear and honey off of this. A little bit of honey, for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a hint of honey on it. But it's like you know, it's that floor like when bees make honey from wildflowers. It's right. kind of a floral honey, but it's not sweet at all. It's a dry rosé. Well, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the whites and the things that we've tried before. I mean, they're very pearish. They're, they the pear sure. the pear is almost the dominant yeah. sort of flavor in there. But this one. I don't get as much as much pear as I get. I don't get it on the tongue. Yeah, some of these. I do on the nose. And I, I get a hint of strawberry and a little bit of watermelon on the back, but it's very well balanced. It's got but, some great acid on it. But I think it's interesting the way the way they've put this one together, and it's not uncommon. I think Keith up in Willamette Valley or up in Oregon, there's also what I would call a consortium, and they're they're brand new winemakers. And and it's because they're probably because they're poor and don't have land that they've kind of worked together to make a a com- working for a common good, if you will, a, it, ki- a common it is wine it's a cooperative type almost type approach. Yeah, yeah, and that's sounds kind of a little bit like what this is what All, this is about. Although the representative from the distributor who shared this information with us the other night said a lot of the people in this compendium are well-known, high-name winemakers who are choosing to rena- remain anonymous. Well, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She did say that. Yeah. She did say so that. So she which, – uh, which, which ups the intrigue even I know, more. I know. What is really in this glass? So here's who, – Who is really in this glass? And the other thing is you, you mentioned that you set this out. This is a really nice temperature right now. I think we may have drank it too cold the other night. Because this has opened up a lot more flavor-wise now that it's warmed up a little bit. Don't drink your whites and rosés too cold, Bon Vivants. Then you're losing it. It's it's the opposite yeah. of what what you think you're you're getting. Yeah, just yeah. let them warm up just a little. If bit. you've got them in the refrigerator, pull them out for 15 minutes. I mean, it depends on how hot it is. You take it outside and it starts sweating, and all I've, of a sudden, it's. I've heard Samaya say that though. Pull the whites out of the ice 
15 to 20 minutes ahead and put the, the reds, reds in, on, in for on, 15 on, yeah 15 or 20 minutes it's, cool a, it's, a, a, it's a pretty good it's rule a good rule you're right so um blood root rosé of pinot noir we recommend it uh price point on it somewhere between where it, it was all over the board when i looked Somewhere between seventeen twenty five dollars. Something. I think like that. right in. I think seventeen is probably about the sweet spot. You yeah. may pay a little more. You may pay a couple bucks yeah. less. But yeah. yeah, and very very affordable, very uh, accessible. So, uh, congratulations, Blood Root. Yes, we love it. Very good. All right, there's your one bottle. Traveling. Travel. We've done, we've done some. Before we get into travel, we have you know when you travel, a lot of times you have a lot of time to read. And there are so many different ways to read nowadays. That's right. And, you know, one way to read is audio or digital books. Everybody has these smart devices that they carry around with them, and it's easy to download complete books on an e-reader or anything like that. Did you know that if you have a library card, you can access that kind of stuff simply through your library card? Missouri River Regional Library is our local library. And they have a program called the Hoopla app, and and the other one is Libby. And you download these apps, and through your library card, you can download audio and ebooks. So if you're traveling, like we're going to talk about here in a minute, on the plane, sitting in the airport, waiting for your connection, missing your connection, whatever the case may be, if you have a library card and a Libby app or the Hoopla app, you can download ebooks and audiobooks, and so. There you go. Patronize your local library. I think Brenda's gentlemen. done it. I think Brenda's been on been on there. She she enjoys it. You've got to. Yeah. Yeah. But before you travel, I mean, there's so much stuff. Oh. At the uh, that you can bone up on before oh, you go, no and I, I think it always makes the trip a little more enjoyable when you know kind of what you're looking I at. I agree. Pre planning sometimes half the fun. Thank you to Missouri River Regional Library for sponsoring the program, and uh, Bon Vivants patronize your library wherever you live. Certainly. Okay. Travel. Travel. We had a big trip. I know you had a big trip. Let's talk about your trip. So we took a trip. It was it was a trip of a lifetime uh, because uh, we went to Hawaii, and Janet and I had never been to Hawaii, any part of Hawaii before. So a couple of really good things about it. We were on the uh, island of Kauai, which is the least populated, and from what I understand, the least developed for tourism, but still a lot of cool things to do. Beautiful. it gets the most rainfall of any place in the United States. They measure it in yards, not inches, literally. So for, for the Bon Vivants, you've got this little string of islands. Kind of which one is it? It's like the farthest west okay. that's that's inhabited and developed. Okay. There All may right. be some little archipelagos past it, and they may be inhabited, but they're not really like developed for tourism or anything like that. So the – the foliage, because of the rainfall, and the average temperature is like 72 degrees, it's perfect environment for plants. And it is lush. It is just covered with with foliage. So I kind of, when I was talking, uh, writing my notes down for the program, I put I ended up with these four Fs. Foliage was one of them. So then the other one was the food and fit, food and fish. And you can imagine a lot of fresh fish there, and the restaurants were great. Every place we ate, one of the highlights, we had a, a house that we stayed in because the whole family was with us. We went to the grocery store to kind of stock up on some staples and stuff, and uh, they have poke, locally made. You know, it's like it's like your deli counter. Yep. It's, and it's poke, and they have all these varieties of poke. And so fresh ahi tuna poke. Oh my gosh. And they had all sorts of varieties, spicy and, you know, they put all sorts of different stuff with it. They do this, they have this little seaweed stuff that they put in it and it's, it adds a little, it's salty and it adds a little crunch. It's just phenomenal. Um, so the, the food was great. Being with family was great. We had all, you know, we had both the girls, our sons in law and the two granddaughters. We were all together. So that was really, you know, special. But probably the highlight of the trip, other than spending time with family, was we we had been advised by a good friend to tour the Nepali coast, is what they call it. And this is the northwest edge of the island, which is very undeveloped. You can only get to it by boat or air. And we did a helicopter ride, a helicopter tour, oh, wow. an hour-long helicopter tour over this thing. And had you been in a chopper I've before? I've never been in a helicopter before. And this was a small four-seater. 
and it was the pilot and me and Janet, and our doors were open. This is an open air chopper. Uh, it was great. Okay, it was like it. I don't no, know. No, man. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> when we first lifted off, I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but it didn't take long. It was like an. It was like the best amusement park ride you've ever been on times 10. And this pilot, she was the bomb. She told us everything about it. And she would go into these, you know, the landscape. It's all eroded uh, lava. And so it's it's very similar. Well, think of Lord of the Rings, New Zealand, you know, mm-hmm. those, those uh, that type of topography. But she would fly up into these canyons and stuff. And it was otherworldly. Jan and I both said... People aren't going to – you can't explain this. People won't believe it. You were looking for the dinosaurs? It was. Kind it was, of. Well, yeah. Jurassic Park was filmed there. Yeah. Part of Jurassic Park was filmed there. So it's that It's that look. And the other thing about it was as we flew over – you know, there's waterfalls everywhere and just lush green forests and these rivers and pools, and it's like paradise. And I asked the pilot, I said, you know, can you get to this stuff from the ground? She said, no. You could hike in, but it would take days. But most of the land that we flew over was is privately owned oh. by this family out of Australia, the Waterhouse family, who bought it back in the 1800s for a sugar plantation. And it's untouched. It's literally untouched. And she said, no, unfortunately, you know, humans can't get to it. And I said, or fortunately, humans can't get to it. Because, you know, the minute we start touching stuff, we're going to mess it up. up. Yeah. It was absolutely gorgeous. So that had to be the, uh, the, the highlight of the trip. If you are ever going to Hawaii, you got to go take a helicopter tour of the Napoli coast. Napoli, I think is how they pronounce it. So, yeah. and then we flew out over the water and looked at it from the ocean side too. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. So did you get out in the water? Um, did we went some, down to the beach. Um, did you, know, did you snork? No, I didn't do any snorkeling. I didn't do any snorkeling. You know, the, that's surfing water over there. That's rough. Yeah. There are, there are pools and stuff, but no, I didn't get in the, I didn't get in the surf. So. I take it, I take it the pineapple's probably good over oh, there. Oh, yeah. Fresh <laughs> that's pineapple. the hardest thing I think of. It's kind Fresh of stupid. Pineapple but, everywhere. but I think about, I think about what is those old, that old sixties movie. It's one of those beach movies and they just pull over and he just lops off, yeah. you know, a couple ends yeah. of the, uh, pineapple i thought oh yeah i'd like to do that yeah i'd like to do that yeah there's you know uh it was just a great trip trip of a lifetime and uh i highly recommend it so so that's where we were that was i fun. haven't been anywhere i've been to the missouri state Capitol, and that's been about it so that's work man well i know i got i mean half the year it's kind of a little difficult for me to travel so all right what are you watching what am i watching you know what i have become quite international in my watching. As, good. As That's you good will for understand. you. That's we're, good for you. We're talking, uh, let's see, Germany, Italian, French, and Spanish. I have watched shows that were produced in all of those places. All right. And the, I wonder if we have any of the and, same here. I think we do. Um, and I know one of them we do, The Empress. But it was produced by a German company. Yeah, yeah. And um, it has to do with Empress Elizabeth of Austria. Yes. And it's – it's good. All, you know, all of these are kind of soap opery a little bit, you know. Um it's the inner workings of the royal families yes. which were totally uh, you know, all of these that we watch are totally screwed up. I mean, really a mess. Arranged marriages. Every, arranged yeah, marriages, yeah. everybody's fighting with everybody, you're Marrying trying to kill for off titles everybody and land and yeah. Yeah, the whole yeah. deal. But some of them, Keith, are are written better than others, you yeah. know, and some of them have better character. The, the characters are, are are a little bit better developed. developed. Thank yeah. you. Well, Thank you, you care about developed. You, know, you, you care don't about care about the character. Why watch it? Yeah. And the the lady that plays the Duchess or to, to become the Duchess, I think I thought she was very very good, and yeah. I, I like this one. I, I yeah. thought this was a a good one. This was another one made for French television or whatever the French equivalent is, I guess, of Netflix over there. But Netflix yeah. has it, and evidently this is a trend with Netflix because right. they've got some other foreign they ones a lot that, of I'm foreign t- stuff. that I'm going to talk about. Yeah, uh, but. Um, yeah, it's um, – Now, did you watch it in French with English subtitles or was it overdubbed? It was overdubbed. How was the overdubbing? Good. Because you and I have both talked about this It was before. good. And I know that's a bugaboo with, with you and I and a lot of our, our Bon Vivant friends out there. If it's a bad dub – It's hard it, to watch. It's, it's almost like trying to watch a ventriloquist not – 
you know, move their lips. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it just drives you crazy. Now, what can negate that is a really good story and really good characters. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the Empress, I would give, I would give a thumbs up. I, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was, it was good I thought too. it was, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's not, and it's not new. It's been out a while. It's been out. It's yeah. been a, it's been out a little while. Yeah. The other one um, that is an American is the English, and it was actually okay. Let's uh, talk about the English because I have it too. Well, it was actually produced by. Um, is it a BBC production? Yes, is it, it is. Because but, it, Emily, but Emily Blunt is one of the executive well, producers yes, on yes, on the show. But there are so many BBC actors in it that you'll see on all the BBC stuff. That you'll recognize a lot of them, but Emily Blunt in this one is one that you you recognize. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she kind of plays this. Uh, she's out for blood, man. It's she's out grisly. for it. It. I will say this is not one for the faint. No, of it heart. is not. It is it violent is and and it's it's at times gross. It's it's gory. It's gory and gross and uh, yeah. It is it is grisly. It's it's kind of a weird story at times too. And they jump back. They jump from time period to time period. At times it was like, where are we now and that, what are we doing? That got a little monotonous for yeah. me. I don't know about you, but I, I was, know. I had to think it about confusing. it for a minute and I'm like, yeah, okay. But, but the premise is she's, she lost her brother, I think. It's her son. Son. Her son was killed and she was going to go find who's, who is yeah, she's responsible. On a, she's on a vendetta. And quest. she runs into this gentleman who is a native american right. who served actually in as a scout as a for scout for the, the united States, cavalry yeah for the u.s army and yeah. so there's that conflict right. within himself and this is the old west folks. and this, this is the is, old you know, west is, i mean this post civil war 18 what 1860s 1870s yeah it was um, brutal it was yeah it was brutal a and lot the, of nasty characters in this one too. and there the, his promised land he was promised some land in nebraska so right. His path was to get to Nebraska to get to this land that he thought he was probably going to get, yeah. which he probably was not no. going to get once yeah. he got there. In in fact, yeah. Um, and and Emily Blunt, she's just she's just a badass. I mean, she just does yeah. what she needs to do, yeah. and it was I, well. Uh, and you find out later at the end of the movie why she's a badass. Yeah, and that's a whole different twist. Well, you don't want to go in. You don't want. To, we don't want to give it away because no, it's got a it's got a good ending. It on does, it. but it's a weird ending, <laughs> and it's a gory ending. And it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, so, it is uh, some weird, disturbing characters in this thing. But I, yeah, I watched it. It was good. It was good. Yeah, there's some. There's just some nasty, nasty. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously mentally disturbed people. Yes, yeah. very disturbing. In this show. Yeah, so that's the English. It's called the English. Now, right, so what's your German? I wonder. So I, I've got one from Germany, and I want. Well, the German. It was a German. I believe it was a German company that did the Empress. Yeah, that one was. So I've got a different German. All quiet on the Western Front. See, it's sitting there, and I've and I still haven't oh watched it yet. Gosh. And I've gotten this close. Well, you're going to hear more about this as the award shows come I've, around. And in fact, I think the Golden Globes uh, lauded it very highly. I'd have to check on that, but um, this is an amazing movie and so well done. And it, but it, again, it's hard to watch. It is so grim and so gritty. I saw when I was. Um, is it, the, is it the Saving Private Ryan well, no, of, that's exact, of World War I? That's exactly what one critic wrote. Oh, really? That, the realism that it's painful to watch. It's, it's disturbingly violent and painful to watch the realism. And he compared it to Saving Private Ryan. Uh, and that opening realism. scene, yeah. yeah. And there, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing. But it's an amazing film. Amazing film. Uh, it should win lots of awards. It deserves them. Very well made, very well produced, very well acted. And the, the art direction, the cinematography is just, you know, it's the, it's the full package. Well, I want to see it because, you know, well, yeah, it's, a, it's available my, on, uh, oh, it's on right. Netflix it's right, right there. Now. I just haven't, yeah. I just haven't watched it. You don't it. even have to rent it. Just because I've got, um, I had two, two grandfathers that were both in World War One. Yeah. And, and one of them, one of them drove an ambulance. Yeah, he saw stuff that humans shouldn't have to see. Well, you know, well he got gas too. Well, they, I mean, he always had the warfare, he always had lung, lung problems. The warfare at that time was so. And the warfare was advancing in technology, but the medical side of it wasn't keeping up. 
And so the injuries and wounds and casualties and stuff like that were just overwhelming. Yep. And uh, and they didn't know what to do with no, this. No, they didn't gas, know what to do. And this yeah. gas situation yeah, was yeah, yeah. threw in a whole a whole different thing. Yeah, um, that was a whole different thing. So did you did you know that that's why Hitler's mustache was like it was? Now, I'm not. This is not a joke. No, I did know that. His, Hitler was a soldier in World War One, and he had a full mustache. And it kept his gas mask from sealing. And so he trimmed the edges of it off to leave just that little center part. And that's why his mustache was the way it was. And if you think about it, sort of killed that mustache style for the rest of all time. Don't see it a lot. You don't do see you? that a lot. Uh, well, in the producer, hair. in the producers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, he he destroyed that and the name Adolf. You don't hear a lot of kids named Adolf anymore. No, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yes. Well, here's a here is a great segue. To the next one because I've got the French. Now we move to the French. <laughs> and yes, there are these French words that – these names that I will not do well. All right. Go ahead. Well, there's one called Women at War and I don't know if you've watched this or not. I started it. It's um, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, there's – because there's four women and their lives sort of become the writing is good because their their lives sort of become intertwined uh, one of the one of the ladies is a prostitute the other one is a lady whose husband leaves and she now has to run the family business which back then Women did not run the family business, and the family business was building trucks. (laughs) They built delivery trucks. Actually, there's a great scene in there where her brother-in-law, who was just a total asshole, just was not a cool dude at all, manages to get this big order uh, canceled uh, because they had all these trucks going to this uh, brewery to deliver beer. But she she befriends this general – who then turns around and requisitions all of her trucks to be used for ambulances. Yeah. And so you've got all of these prostitutes then driving these trucks <laughs> in the front lines. I need lines. to go back and try it again. It's, it's, um, Is this it's, World War One or World War II? World War I. Okay. Yeah, it's right. World War One, and, no. and there's a couple of really – nasty scenes involving gas for the first time and they didn't they they had no way of figuring out what how to handle it here's the problem that we have nowadays with so much content to watch used to be if i started watching something it took it really had to be horrible for me not to finish it nowadays if if it doesn't catch my interest in the first five minutes i know and it's so i'm out and it's so it is unfair i admit it's not right and 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 i've I have really fought with myself in not doing that. I'll say, okay, I'm going to give them two episodes. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's being chancy too. I don't no, know. I I get it, but man, there's just too much other stuff to watch. I know there is. And uh, well, yeah, here's you better the, you better do it right. Well, here's the interesting thing about this, Keith. This is called Women at War, and there's another one called The Bonfire of Destiny, and. The casts are the same. Oh, the, really? the women are the same. Basically, the, the the leads. But it's not like a sequel or anything. No, the leads are the same. This is actually this is actually about something that actually happened. May fourth, eighteen ninety seven. It was a bazaar. It was like an indoor bazaar where you could go and you could buy you know tables and stuff. Flea market. Flea market here. Yeah. yeah. And it caught fire, and they had one door. That they could get out. Not only that, well, in the movie, it's portrayed as a revolving door. Well, trying to get that many people out, and they they couldn't get them out. They had 126 people that died in this yeah. thing. It was it was grisly. It's it's good too, and it's um it's some of the same. If you if you like the bonfire act, of the destiny, destiny, okay. le bazaar de la charité. All right, let me ask you this. We're talking about overdubbing. It seems to me when I watch French overdubs. They're worse. It's something about the French language and the the way the mouth works in French that doesn't match up well to an English overdub. I don't seem to have the same problem with Spanish or German, but for some reason, French doesn't overdub well. I don't know why. It, it, Maybe it, it's me. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you, it's my apathy toward the French. But. <laughs> 
They gave us the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> I know, dude. I know. And really good food. And really good food. And wine. And wine. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any animosity toward the French. Let's be but, clear about that. But those two shows, they're 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 worth a look. I mean, they're not. That's good. They're That's not good. Bad. To know. And I like the actresses. I thought they were. They were paired well with each other, but but it was so weird watching the second one. I'm going, wait a minute, wait, I know her. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know the actresses. I could tell you who the actresses were. Nobody's going to know who they are. They're they're French and they they're well known over there. I mean, they've well, I'm the same way with all these stuff. BBC produced things. You know, I love period pieces and I watch a lot of BBC stuff and you see the same faces, male and female, because they're like they're part of the the BBC stock company and they do stuff all the time. Well, and I'm the same way. I don't always know their names. A little something that I caught and it's the second in a series. Uh, the series is called Knives Out. Yes. And uh, the second one, Daniel Craig plays this um, southern detective who uh, saw he's, – he's sort of like a Agatha Christie detective. This is not based on any book or anything. This is purely just a screen uh, character. Uh, and the second in the series is called The Glass Onion. And it's it's more weird than the first one. Wait, I think I saw some of The Glass Onion. Yeah, so the glass onion is the second one in the Knives Out series. The first one is just called Knives Out. The second one is Knives Out, the glass onion. And they're quirky and they're kind of fun and, um, and they're murder mysteries there. So, so it's got that little, you know, but it's an Agatha Christie type murder mystery where you've got a group of people that come together, the drawing room murder, you know, who, the who done it. You got a whole group of people who are going to eliminate them one by one and, uh, so those are pretty good. Daniel Craig plays the the detective. Oh, I did and see that with the great big uh, the the great big mansion that has yes, all everything that does is all opulent. The weird, that does all the weird stuff. Yes, that, everything is opulent in these things. Uh, yeah. The first one was in a big you know mansion, a family owned estate, and this one was in like on a Mediterranean somewhere or something owned by an uber rich guy that did all this fancy stuff. The only thing I thought about was this is where James Bond would live <laughs> it had a bond-esque the second one to, does the, the second one. the first one was not like that the first one was kind of a family um reading of the last will type thing and so that was part of the mystery but they're cute they're well done they're fun they're escapist and then um another one that i watched and it was really good but it's kind of different it's not everybody's cup of tea it's called the pale blue eyes the pale blue eye it's a singular is that, is that Netflix or Amazon or? It's Netflix. Okay. It's Christian Bale. And he plays this, again, detective. I, I, I do watch more than detective things, but, um. There's a lot of those out there though. There are, but Christian Bale plays this detective who's got troubles of his own, you know, like all good detectives do. But the guy that plays in it with him is Harry Melling. Now, Harry Melling in this story plays Edgar Allan Poe, while he is a cadet at West Point, that's where the setting is. And there is a there's a death or a couple of deaths at West Point, and they call this detective in. But but Edgar Allan Poe is a cadet there, and he's kind of trying to help solve. He's working with this guy, Harry Melling. He did a very good job as Edgar Allan Poe. But where I first recognized Harry Melling is from. The movie The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Did that, you ever see The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yeah, we talked about that once. On, All right. uh, yeah, that was a, I think one of our years truly we talked about oh, that. Oh, it's great. That and is it's, the most. Bon Vivants, and it's a series. It's not a, it's not one long movie. It's a series of short films. Right. And the one called The Meal Ticket. Harry Melling plays The Meal Ticket. He's the storyteller and the guy props him up and he tells stories and that's how they make money. It's a bizarre story and it's a, it's a heart wrenching story. It's a killer. All of those stories end. are just, they've, they are twisted. Oh, they are bizarre. <laughs> they but are. Harry Melling is an amazing actor. He's also in the Harry Potter movies. I'm not a Harry Potter freak, but Harry Potter fans would know him as Dudley Dursey in the Harry Potter series. Uh, great actor. Great actor. So I recommend The Pale Blue Eye. It's good. I need to go look at it again because I'm pretty sure I watched it. This yeah. is a problem when you watch some of these a lot of times. You got to go back and you go and, – and maybe that is an issue. Maybe if I don't remember them, maybe they weren't that great. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But well, the or other, the maybe other, I'm just – There's another character. Getting well, old. Uh, Jillian Anderson is in it and she plays the wife of the West Point Commandant who is played by one of my favorite British actors, Timothy Spall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Spall has lost a ton of weight. 
If you remember Timothy Spall, Timothy Spall pay, plays the band manager in Rockstar, and he's he always was heavy, but he's had he's done something. He's lost a lot of weight. He huh. was, he, I can didn't almost didn't recognize him, but great British actor Timothy Spall. So it was a, it's a good movie. It's dark. It's got a really interesting look to it. It's like winter time, you know, at West Point. It's gray and gray and dark and like a lot of, like you know, like Edgar Allan Poe. Light a can, <laughs> lot of candlelight. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, the pale blue eye. That was a good one. Well, I got a couple more. All right. uh, we're going to Italy, Italy. Um, oh. And I don't know if you've watched this one or not. Um, the Law According to Lydia, Lydia Poet. All right, that's on my it's on my list. Tell me about it, Lydia. This is a true story. Lydia, is it? Yeah, Lydia Poet was actually the first attorney, a licensed attorney in female in, in female, female. Yeah. in Italy. Yeah, and she got her license, and they took it away from her. Then there's kind of the whodunit part because yeah. her brother is great. He's a great actor. So his brother, who kind of felt the same way as the entire chauvinist world of of lawyers in in Italy, and thought my little sister, you know, but she passed everything, and yeah, yeah. and but she starts helping him with these cases, and she becomes sort of the uh, Enola. Anola Holmes. Anola Holmes. She yeah. becomes sort of an Anola Holmes. She's the one that actually puts all this stuff together and yeah. figures out the cases. Well, I was surprised when you said attorney because I thought it was more of she becomes like a detective type no. thing. No, here's the way they left it. Believe me, they're going to be more because oh, yeah. she's kind of winking at the end because they don't have. I kind of read ahead. Yeah, and she was actually. Don't 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 spoiler alert. Don't spoil it. Well, anybody. it's history. She all right. She. Does become an attorney, but okay. she's one of the first, and and really was was in her life. She was a, she was a great spokesman for women's rights and and okay. the, and the vote and that sort of thing. So it's tell cool. us the name of that again. It's on my list. It is the law according according to Lydia Poet. Poet, yeah, and it looks like poet, it's, but it's, yeah, yeah, but it's poet. Yeah, it looks really good. It um, is good, and she is uh, Matilda de Angelis. D'Angelis. Angelis. It could be Angelis. I don't know. Uh, Say it fast and with confidence. That's right, Matt. Thank you. And uh, it's great looking. Great looking. The trailer is what hooked me because I was like, man, this looks really good. Here's another thing about a lot of these, Keith. The production value of these is really good. I mean, especially when you're talking about costumes and stuff. And I, I always think in the back of my head and I ask Brenda, I said, do you really think these people really looked this good? I mean, do they really have different dresses every freaking day? Yeah. And because yeah. we all know. A lot of them did. A lot of them did. Those rich people did. That's for sure. They did. And they had people that could take care of that kind of stuff. Okay. The other one I've got. I've got one more. All right. Well, the, I got a couple. So. The, the Cook of Castamar. Great. It's a great show. It's I a great it. show. You've seen this yes, one. I okay. Have. We're good. We're good yeah, on this good. one. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Another period piece. That's another period piece. Yes. But this one's Spanish. Yeah, it, but it's got – it's really cool. Well, I won't spoil the thunder. You go ahead and tell them about well, it. Well, it, it's it's a story of um, of uh, of this lady who has – she has obviously a problem. She can't go outside. Um, she's got an phobia to going outside. What is that called? Agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. She, she's yeah. agoraphobic. She can't go outside. But she turns to food and so she becomes this – very good cook, chef, although she would never be dubbed a chef back then. No, but she couldn't have been given a title as a female. She could not be right. given a title as a female, but she basically blew away the, the folks that she cooked for. Yeah. Right? But also fell in love with the man of the house. Right. And right. that causes problems. Yes, it seems in the ro- In the royal family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hanging out with the cook in the kitchen yeah, isn't yeah. really what – It's the, a great story though. It's a very good – Is it based on her true story? I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I don't, it's very well I written. don't think that this one is. But it's uh, set in early 18th century uh, Madrid and it is it is certainly a, a one to it's one to look good. at. Very good. Again, yeah. good looking. And who's who's the who's the lead? Yeah, she's she's really good. Who's the lead actress there? She is Michelle. Um, Fast and with confidence. Michelle Jenner. 
Jay. Oh, that's a real tough one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to Spanish up that a little bit, but uh, she plays Clara Belamonte. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. The chef of Castamar. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So um, one that I've, I can't give a recommendation on this yet. It's too new. I'm only into like the second and a half episode. And it's called The Last of Us. So this is a post-apocalyptic thing. And the the reason I was intrigued by it is because the young lady, Bella Ramsey, is the young lady who plays sort of the um, protagonist in this thing. And I saw her and she was captivating in uh, Game of Thrones. And she was also – she played Lady Jane Grey in Becoming Elizabeth. So you might recognize her from that. But I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm not – they've done – it's, it's you know, it's this viral attack on the earth and it's, you know, it's destroyed the human race and it's destroyed society. And then it's these zombie-esque creatures that are the problem – and I'm I'm not buying this creature thing. It's just like, <laughs> what are these things? And what? It's just we. Yeah, it's just. I got it's you. a little. They just. You know, here's the line, and they just crossed over it. It's like I don't think you needed to take it that far. Maybe sometimes less is more. You know, and so I'm not completely sold. But I probably will go back every once in a while just to see if I can get into it. Uh, and then we did go. We have seen a couple of movies. We went and saw the Fablemans. What did you think is, of the Fablemans? So it's it's very interesting in that it's you know autobiographical with Spielberg's Steven right. Spielberg Spielberg, uh, so that part of it's interesting. It, but it's he's not going to win any awards for this thing. I don't think it's not great. It's it's good and it's entertaining and it's interesting because it's his story. But yeah, it's all right. It's just all right. Okay, I would not pay to go to a theater and see it again. I would watch it if it was on. When it comes streaming when service. it comes around, yeah. yep, yeah. And one that I would go pay to see again is where the Crawdads sing. Now, this is not a new release, I I know, but uh, it's a great book, best selling book, and and Janet had read the book, but it's gone to Netflix, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it probably is now. You might have to. It might be Amazon. You might still have to Amazon. rent it. Okay, if you can watch it on any of your streaming, but it's, it's a great movie. And you talk about some plot twists. Ooh. It's got some great plot twists in it that caught me. I like to pride myself in saying, oh, I've got this figured out. In ruining the show. And I was doing that, and I was like, oh, I've got this figured out. I know what's going to happen. Then it was like, uh-oh, wrong again. And so um, really good and well done, well acted. Great story. Great good. story. Good, because I um, saw that one the other day. I was. Yeah. I admit I had to go back and see, uh, okay, now – since the last time we did one of these, I need to go do a review. I was too because I couldn't remember what all we talked about, which Bon Vivant's out there. If you have stuff that you're watching that you want us to look at or talk about, hit us up, email, website. Or if you listen to this and you think these two are totally yeah, full are, of shit. You're full of shit. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah, we'd like to know. We would love to have some interaction. We know. We know there's a bunch of you out there. All right. Makes it interesting. So that's what we've been watching, Bob Vivance. And it's come to the time in the program for our three top picks. And we – I don't know how we came up with this one. That's why we need your help. This is why we need – yeah. If today doesn't prove that we need your help. But I'm actually looking forward to it because I think we're going to have fun with it. Oh, I know what it is. Today, the, when this program launches, it will be National Peanut Butter Day. Okay. There, so there it is. So there it is. That's where it came from. I yeah. looked at the uh, National Day calendar, and it's National Peanut Butter Day. Yesterday was uh, actually National Margarita Day. Why did, it was. Why did we do something on that? But I'm talking about when the program <laughs> launches, okay? You, so, make, you make a really good margarita. We're getting, we're getting lost in the space-time continuum. <laughs> so National Peanut Butter Day – so we decided that the three top picks would be the three top best uses for peanut butter. <laughs> best ways to use peanut butter. Remember, this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings up the first question, Brad. Smooth or crunchy? Well, here's the deal. Uh, my brother and I, next – Next to the gallons and gallons of milk that we consumed as kids. Yeah, you're a huge milk drinker. Next was peanut butter. I know. My brother probably to this day could live just 
on a loaf of bread and peanut butter. We were uh, we were kind of more in the in the crunchy vein, so we we did the crunchy. All right, so let me ask you: Was there a transition for you? I don't know. I you know what I I I don't discriminate when it comes to my peanut butter. I I like crunchy and smooth. So I, I, so I think you know my dad was a crunchy guy. Yeah, but as little kids, we all wanted smooth. But at some point. You have to become a man and you have to take that first step into it's like it's like moving from from sweetened to unsweetened tea. Are, are, so, are, wait, 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 wait. Are you equating manhood to going from crunchy peanut butter to smooth no, peanut butter? Smooth to crunchy. Oh, smooth to crunchy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. So at one point when we all got old enough, my dad was like, I am not buying two kinds of peanut butter anymore. You guys are going to learn to eat crunchy. And we did, and I love it. And it's very difficult for me to go back to smooth peanut butter now. I am a crunchy man. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So, but you know, that is a big bat. That's a big question out there. Well, it's like, you know, sweet or unsweetened tea. Yeah, but like, the, you know? the Skippy people have it all figured out. Well, I, I bet, guess I think they make both, Keith. They do. I think they, and I so to I each his own. I don't think the Skippy people weaned everybody off. No, of, they did of, of smooth. They didn't, uh, but, uh, and in fact, I'm an extra crunchy person if it's available. So, <laughs> all right. Then we talk about brand. Yeah. So are you brand loyal to your peanut butter? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a skippy guy, you know, but so to speak, <laughs> shut up, but I don't know. Well, I am. I'm very loyal. Are you? Yeah, I'm a Peter Pan guy. You're a Peter Pan guy. They're shift guys too. And it's harder and harder to find Peter Pan. It's not. It's not a leading brand, but there's something about it. It's. It's got a different. It's a little sweeter, I think. Really? Yeah, but it doesn't have as many carbs. Interesting. I can't figure it out. (laughs) It's probably saccharin. Okay, but you know, I have also. I will say this. I have had. Some small batch. If you if you're into wax bourbon, uh, I have had some small batch peanut butter that's really really good. All right, um, great segue. So it's kind of kind of homemade. Yeah, great segue. So let's talk about the the a brief history of peanut butter. Now I was mistaken. Now all the credit in the world goes to George Washington Carver for his work with peanut, peanuts. Peanut yeah. research. I thought for a long time that he was the one who invented and came up with peanut butter. That is not the case, according to the Smithsonian. And a great Missourian, by the way. Yes, he was. George Washington Carver. What what he, Dr. Carver did was his research with peanuts, a lot of it had to do with the agricultural side and then the use of them in other materials and things like that. But primarily how they would revitalize the soil with nitrogen – especially soil that had been nitrogen depleted by overplanting cotton in the South. But peanut butter, the the patent on peanut butter was first – got any guesses who it was? Who it was? John Harvey Kellogg. Ooh. Dr. Kellogg had a health spa and macerated peanuts was one of his health foods. And he got a patent for it. And he had, he experimented with other nut butters also, but peanuts were cheaper. So that was kind of the way they went. And it became a hit. The problem became, like you said, like organic type. If you get organic or you make your own, the oils will separate if you don't keep it stirred up. So early manufacturers of peanut butter had to tell shop owners, you got to stir it because if it separates, the oil will go bad, go rancid and it will rot. Until – so Kellogg patented it in 1895 and then in 1907, uh, a gentleman named Joseph Lambert, he used partial hydrogenization. Okay. And this made the oil a solid that would stay blended with the peanut butter, changed peanut butter as it, the ability to ship it, store it, and the shelf life. So that's how we have peanut butter that we know today. So more than you ever wanted to know about peanut butter, um, and it's changed through the through the years. But it's a it's a staple in everybody's home. Americans are huge consumers of peanut butter. The British love peanut butter. It's good for you. It is good for you. That was one of the marketing things that was early. It's like ten cents worth of peanuts contain six times the energy of a porterhouse steak. That was wow. one, of the, one of the marketing things. Yeah. 
My mom used to it always. Is my mom used to always joke. She said, "Well, you know, there's a whole lot of worse things they could." Be. They That's could, for sure. They could really like so, well, so, so milk, that, milk to, and peanut butter is not that bad. To yeah. our top three, uh, you know, salute. There's a lot of things you can do with peanut butter. So, what are some of the top three things that you like to do with peanut butter? Well, one of the things it's it's just a sentimental thing, and it, it comes at Christmas time. Mom used to make you know with with peanut butter. She mixed them with chow mein noodles, and you know you make those chow mein. Chow mein oh, I didn't even think about that. Those are the, those are the greatest. Yeah, and you pop, and they're so easy, and you pop them in the refrigerator, and they stiffen up, and they're just they're great. Now, I mean, Brad, don't those have like butterscotch chips with them too? You can do them all kinds of different ways. Yeah, those yeah. are great little but, chow mein noodle. But you can peanut uh, butter snacks. Yeah, oh, but yeah. you can do that with chow mein noodles. Oh, yeah. those are good. Those make easy easy cookies. No bake. They're like no bake cookies. Yeah, you just pop them in the refrigerator. I completely so they, forgot about those. So they set up. Yeah. Loved them. Great. Yeah. Oh, that's a great call. Those are good. So, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mom mom used to make those all the time. I think Brenda makes them every now and then. She makes a, you know, well, go ahead. I love go those. Ahead. No, you know, Janet makes them at um, Halloween. And if you take like eight of the little noodles themselves and stick them in and put a little dots of ice, you, you make can make spiders. Make little spiders yeah, out they're of like, them. they're like chow mein noodle spiders. <laughs> they're great. Okay. So. My first, I'm going to start with an honorable mention, and that is the Butterfinger candy bar. Now, it's not officially peanut butter. It's not, but it it is it is on my Mount Rushmore of candy yeah. candy bars. Yeah. I love my Butterfinger, but it's that Butterfinger, it's that peanut butter flavor, and it's it is peanut based and all that. So, okay, one of the best blizzards too, by the way. Oh, no doubt. If you're going to go, if you're going to go to DQ and you're going to get a blizzard, it's either either that or Heath candy bars. Heath. That's another one. Two if you of my get favorites. your Heath, but we're we're digressing. If you get Heath Bar <laughs> Blizzard chocolate ice cream, Butterfinger will stand up to the vanilla, but Heath Bar you got to go chocolate. <laughs> That's just my personal choice. All right, so so my first one actually came from my dad, and I don't think I don't know where Dad started this because I don't remember my grandfather doing it. I love peanut butter on pancakes. Now I put butter and peanut butter on my pancakes and then slather it with syrup. Okay. And it's that sweet, salty combination. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love it. But and do, it's hard for me to eat pancakes out in a restaurant without peanut butter. But do you use crunchy peanut butter? Oh, I mean, yes, I do. Even if you're at, at a restaurant? Well, you if, don't usually well, get crunchy at a restaurant. You have yeah. to sacrifice. <laughs> if you can get peanut butter at a restaurant, not, you know, they yeah. don't always have peanut butter for you at That's a restaurant. That's true. That's true. And I will eat it without peanut butter, but if I'm at home, I'm eating pancakes or waffles with crunchy peanut butter on them. All right. Love it. So that's my number one. Oh, my number two. Now, here here is a love-hate relationship that I have with peanut butter when it comes to peanut butter fudge because I've had really – Disgusting, bad peanut yeah. butter fudge. Yeah. And then I had the one. That's really good. I had the one that, that mom used to make, and I don't know what she did, but it got it got really stiff and crunchy, and it was just it wasn't real creamy, but you just kind of lop off a chunk and throw it in there, and it was just really really good. I liked yeah, it that yeah. way. But I but peanut butter fudge is right up there with chocolate fudge and vanilla. You know, it's it's like in the top. Three or four of fudge, and some of them, Keith. I don't know what they do with them, but they they're just not very good. Maybe I it's because a, maybe it, a, it could be because of you're a purist and you just love your peanut butter. You don't want your peanut butter screwed with that. You know, I have a love and hate relationship with fudge anyway. Well, because I love fudge flavor. I love hot fudge. I love fudge brownies. But if you're talking just like pure fudge, like the Fudge Factory on Highway 44, yeah. you know, the world's largest candy store. Which I doubt, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like too sweet, and too, it's overly sweet and overly rich, and it's just it's cloying, and I just don't even like it. I don't like a lot of fudge, um, so I, I get it. I do. But Janet's dad made great peanut butter fudge, so I would eat it. Yeah. Well, like I said, but a good one, yeah, a good peanut butter fudge is hard to beat. It is, yeah. it is. But I, I, I guess maybe I just don't like them real creamy. I, I kind of like them with some substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you cut, you cut them, you All cut right. them with your axe. So my number two, and I, I wish I had done a little more research to know what the current name is. I, I know them by what I grew up with them as, and it is the Girl Scout cookie Savannahs. So they're the the peanut butter sandwich cookie, 
Savannah's that the Girl Scouts used to sell. Sure. I think they I think they still sell the same cookie, but they have changed the name on it, I believe. Bon Vivant's out there. If you know the new name, let us know. But that is like the purest peanut butter sandwich cookie. The closest thing I've come to in a grocery store is the Nutter Butter peanut butter sandwich cookie. Nutter Butters are good. That's shaped like the peanut shell. Shaped, shaped like a peanut, yep. Yeah, but it doesn't have quite the same texture and so – and that is smooth peanut butter. So – but I love that peanut butter flavor. It's, it's pretty hard to make a Nutter Butter with with probably with yeah, crunchy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, All right. So my, my final one as far as uses of peanut butter that I have found to be uh, just pretty much foolproof and uh, something that I think that – Many homeowners around the world probably use is just uh, you just take just a little bit of peanut butter, you stick it in a mouse trap, and you catch that little <laughs> bastard every time. <laughs> they love that stuff. They let me tell you what. Put it on. A, you put it on a cotton ball. You just. I've heard you put it on a cotton ball because the cotton ball will snag the trigger. I've got these little plastic traps that cost about three bucks. You can get whatever you do use for for mice but i've got this and you just put and there's a little reservoir in there you stick a little peanut butter in there and i guarantee you they'll be gone but anyway all right so, you fo- you no, that's a, that there. is a good use i was thinking more consumption i wasn't really but but i did think of this so um my youngest daughter and uh, her husband have a a terrific dog and he's kind of high energy so they've got this thing called a kong and it, it's a light bulb shaped hard rubber that has a hole in it, has two holes in it, and they will shove like a dog treat or peanut butter. I they think fill it's it with a, peanut butter. That is a psychological thing. They go crazy. They go crazy. <laughs> and, but it will occupy them. If they're bugging you, they will take that Kong and they will fill it with peanut butter and throw it to that dog and he will be busy for 30, 45 minutes trying to get – and the hole is not big enough for his tongue. I know. So he's got to really work at it and he gets it. And I mean he's in there gnawing and licking and it's hilarious. But that's a great use for peanut butter there. And energy. Uh, it wears them out too. It does. It wears them out. <laughs> so that was an extra for you, Bobby Vance. I have one more honorable mention. <laughs> I'm kind of a late night snacker. Not proud of that, but I am. But if I ever get where I want just a late night snack, I do what I call the peanut butter lollipop. And I take a big spoon and I just take a big O spoon of peanut butter and I just kind of lick on it and just kind of snack off of that big spoon, just plain. Crunchy is preferred. Got to have a little texture. You don't put it on anything. You don't put it on a cracker. You just eat it off the spoon. So that's the peanut butter lollipop. But what's, what's that thing? Oh, you because it's supposed to make you feel better about yourself. You take celery and you put. Oh, please tell me. And you you put you take <laughs> celery and you fill it up with um with peanut, ants on a log. Ants on a log. There well, you go. You know, in school they used to always have the celery filled peanut butter. They didn't put the ra- raisins or the ants. All right. There's no excuse for a raisin. I cry every time I it's, see a raisin because it could have been wine. It's, it's dead wine. <laughs> it could have been wine. <laughs> but they used to serve. For school lunches, they would have the celery stick with filled with peanut butter. Right, and all I did was lick the peanut butter out. I never, as did I don't every, think, yeah, as I don't did think every, every kid. kid in there. Yeah, my third one was uh, when my oldest daughter was in middle school. The, the team of teachers that she was with did a very ingenious thing called the chocolate factory, and they divided the kids up into small groups, and they each had to come up with a business plan for some sort of chocolate production company. And they incorporated all the different disciplines, you know, math and science and and social studies and all this kind of stuff. Very ingenious way to teach different things. Hannah's team came up with these peanut butter balls. And what it was, they took a malt ball, you know, like a Whopper, Whopper, and they coated it generously with crunchy peanut butter. Nice. Dipped it in milk chocolate and then rolled them in. Miniature M and M's. Ooh, and it made a ball. It was a. It was a maybe two bites, or if you had a big mouth, you could get it all there in once. But they were phenomenal. <laughs> these are the best damn candies. I'm like, these kids could have sold these candies a long time. I'm like, whoever didn't come up with this? But it was ingenious, and it was a great candy. But you know, call the Mars Brothers. It was just for that 
that project, and you'll never you'll never find them again. I'm assuming, unless somebody listens to this podcast. Yeah, and starts, yeah, no, yeah, yes, yes. Should we put? Do we need to talk to our legal team? To I make think sure? yes, our legal team. Yeah. we do. So if any of you are Mars, out there, and Mars, we see will, that. Yeah, we see Mars see come you, out with peanut you, butter balls. You, We're going to be in you, you know, Mars people out there here first. That's right. Legal property, <laughs> intellectual property, intellectual property. <laughs> that was fun. That, that was, was fun. fun. I thought we might have fun with that one. So happy International uh, Peanut Butter Peanut Day. Butter Day. If you're listening to this on March 1st. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bon Vivants, again. We we love doing this once in a while. We've got some good guests coming up. We're, we're very, very excited we're on the about, road, about know, 2023. We really, really are excited about 2023. So yep. we've got some fun stuff some coming musicians, up. Some musicians, some historians, some uh, food guys. Actors. Distillers. Yep. Winemakers. You bet. All right, Bon Vivants, we will see you next time, and cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like like that that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.